0: Good evening. This is No Pressure to be Funny on the 28th of June, 2015, coming from the Phoenix in the West End of London. And as usual, we are here to discuss the big stories of the week in a spirit of open-minded satirical inquiry. And also, as usual, both our panel and audience comprise a rich cosmopolitan variety of political opinion, religious persuasion, sexual orientation and ethnic origin. So I'd like to start the show with a massive, ecumenical fuck you to all the murderous, racist, Nazi, fundamentalist bigots out there everywhere from Tunisia to South Carolina and from Kuwait to Lyon. This one's for you. Fuck you! And that collective fuck you was delivered to you by a room full of straight, homosexual, bisexual, transgender, bearded, unbearded, male, female, Christians, Jews, Muslims, Baha'is, agnostics, atheists, alcohol, smoky bacon crisps, and masses and masses of uncovered flesh. And also, a pig dressed up as the greatest of all religious figures ever, Geoffrey Boycott. You can all suck my great, big, uncircumcised, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant, Portuguese, Irish, Jamaican, Jewish, infidel cock. Good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) And on that note, let's have some music, ladies and gentlemen. Um, It's it's a (laughs) no-pressure... It's... (laughs) It's a no-pressure debut tonight for a very old friend of mine, old in the sense of long-standing, of course, uh, rather than age. Uh, He was lead singer of The Fabulous Poodles. He was Buddy Holly in The Young Ones. He's played live with Chuck Berry and Barry Cryer. Comedian, musician, DJ, designer of the most eccentric T-shirt ever seen in New Orleans, the Swiss army knife of show business, Mr Ronnie Golden. (laughs)
1: Thank you, Nick. Thanks very much. Oh, that, was, uh, that was a great sort of warm-up for me there. The whole audience yelling out, fuck you. <laughs> Got me in the mood. Um, right, well, I, I, I had this idea for a, a small musical joke the other day, and I, I'm going to start with it. And if it's shit, I won't do it again. <laughs> that is a promise. That is a promise. Now, this really needs uh, f- finger snaps, you know? Uh, how good are you at those? Very good. Much better than me. But if you can do it together, is always good. <laughs> Otherwise, it sounds a bit sort of broken up. Um, okay. Um, anyway, this is kind of saved by its brevity. Um, here we go. Do you want to follow this? That's good. Never cared too much for football. Never loved a beautiful game. And lately there's a smell coming out of somewhere And everybody knows its name They call it FIFA (laughs) In the morning, FIFA all through the night FIFA! (laughs) And I'm yawning Because everything is unbelievably shy Said Flatter, he's gone back to Zurich Jack Warner, he's gone back to dark green. That's a joke for anyone over the age of 50. (laughs) Chuck Chuck Glazer, he's gone back to selling second-hand cars because he claims he's never made a bean. They call it FIFA. In the morning, FIFA all through the night. FIFA! And I'm yawning Cause everything's unbelievably shy Everyone's got wise to FIFA And that is something we all know <laughs> Bribery and money laundering And trousering a whole lot of dough They call it FIFA <laughs> In the morning, FIFA all through the night FIFA and I'm yawning everything is gone to shine everyone's got wise to FIFA and that is something we all know. Bribery and money laundering tries to a whole lot of dough they call it FIFA. right a bloke uh, phones up his his bank and he's uh, this woman answers and uh he says um
2: i'd like to uh,
1: i'd like to speak to the head banker please and she said oh you obviously haven't heard any. He died a few days ago. It's very sudden, very unexpected. It's, it's awful. You know. So he puts the phone down. Phones back the next day, same woman. And uh, he says, uh, I'd like to speak to the But uh, She said, didn't you phone yesterday? She said, well, you obviously didn't take it on board because uh, he died a few days ago. Very, very unexpected. Uh, his family and the whole department were all in pieces. You know, puts the phone down. Third day phones back. Same woman. Says, can I, can I speak to the, uh, the head banker? And she said, listen, this is the third day in a row that you phoned. I've told you he died unexpectedly a few days ago. Why do you keep phoning back? He said, I want to hear it again <laughs> and again and again. This is the banker's blues. <laughs> We take it and land it, we keep it and spend it, and finish up filling the pot. We all grab a bonus, so shut it, you us. we're gonna get more than we got. We're not regulated, we know that we are hated. we don't care, we're still in the game. Talk to us about blame. Because we're bankers, B A N K R S. We're under duress. You don't have to thank us for getting you into this mess. I should we confess? We grab it nab it. We got in the habit. So mind your own business, alright. We crave it, we save it. Who bothers? Who gave it? No wonder our future looks bright. We're and rankers, we're class with the bankers. So shut it, we do as we like. So don't try to touch us, with financial butchers. with are fireproof, so get off your bike because we're bankers. KRS They call us wankers Well,
2: that is true, more or less
1: Play your harmonica, son I jolly well will It, we know it, we got it, so show it, we don't have to answer to you, we know how to get it, we got it, forget it, and you know just what you can do, oh hail to Santander, where's the backhander, our idol's Fred Goodwin, hooray. He knew how to shred it, so go and drop it. It's all over, so just go away. Because we're bankers, B N K R S. We pull up the anchors, no running through everything. That was a blurred line, that one. If anyone hangs. And why don't you call RBS? No, no, it's fine.
0: Ronnie Golden, ladies and gentlemen. Close your eyes, and little Walter could have been in the room doing that harmonica, man. It's beautiful. More from Ronnie in the second half. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to bring the panel on now, so please welcome to the stage Jake Yap, Chris Neal, Sajila Kershi, and Omar Jalili. Uh, yes, you're you're there, Chris. Yes, great. Where, where do I You're right? you're next to Chris. Okay, uh, is next to you and next to Sajila. And uh, good. Are you comfortable? Nearly. Nearly. You I'm make in. a living. <laughs> 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 so good. Okay. Everybody happy? Yeah. Good. Good. I'm gonna I'm gonna do an individualized, personalized introduction to you all now. Okay. Right. Jake Yap is a comedian who you may have seen on Charlie Brooker's Weekly Wipe or heard on various radio, radio shows, doing his excellent short parodies of various radio programmes. Strangely, I don't think he's done um, a parody of the award-winning Pleased to Meet You, which he wrote and presented and performed in. Um, having worked with his dad, actually, who is an also, also an excellent gag writer over 30 years ago, makes me realise how incredibly young I was when I started in this business. <laughs> I don't need to tell you that Ahmed Jalili is a genuine comedy star, but what you probably don't know, he's also probably my parents' favourite comedian. Uh, They came up to the Edinburgh Festival in 1995 for a few days, ostensibly to see me, uh, and spent most of their time hanging out with him. Uh, He's also the executive producer on We Are Many, uh, Amir Amaran, excellent documentary on the anti-Iraq war marches. Uh, Amir was was a guest on the show last month, and he's just played the lead uh, uh, baddie, Trumper, in the film Shaun the Sheep. Um, I hasten to add, um, it wasn't him on screen, uh, it's just the voice, but tonight, all his contributions are the result of months and months of painstaking stop-frame animation. (laughs) 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 Sajila Sajila Kershi is a Muslim agnostic stand-up comic... Uh, and she'll be doing her highly, so fuck you again, Isis. <laughs> Hand down my trousers! (laughs) I can see her face! Um, She'll be doing her highly successful show, The Immigrant Diaries, at the Edinburgh Fringe this summer. And and she recently won an Asian Woman of the Year Award in the category of Arts and Culture, which is fantastic, for, and I quote, her unbridled passion and courage for creating social change through humour. And she also runs a fantastic comedy club uh, called The Comedy Cottage in Red Hill. If that's local to any of you, check it out. Comedian Chris Neal has done No Pressure more times than I can count. And, and it's always a pleasure to have him on the panel because, apart from anything else, uh, like me, he's, he's a foodie. So we get to compare notes. And he's the only man I know who has ever made his own brawn, uh, which is <laughs> <laughs> true, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, I went to the gym once. Um, so <laughs> I have made, yeah, I have made my own brawn. Yeah, you yeah. have. And, yeah. And, and maybe people aren't impressed by that, but to me, that is almost as thrilling as when I once met Jane Birkin. Uh, And I'm serious. Uh, On on the other hand, uh, I have to confess to misgivings concerning Chris's uh, dislike of porridge, which I find strange, but that probably doesn't concern me. I'd rather eat
3: what's called head cheese uh, in in America, uh, which is an unfortunate uh, nomenclature. But it is a delicious thing. You need to... Uh, oh no! I was going to give them a recipe. Then you don't really We're need. No, we have, have no recipe. Well, all it? Said, no, it is worth it. it? Is It's, head che- it's called it's head, head cheese. Made, it? It's it's you you buy a you buy a pig's head, and which is a very well priced product. And um, <laughs> although you, you tend to need to order it uh, in advance, and you won't find it in Tesco Express, but. And you and you take it and you basically cook it with wine and various herbs and spices and then you take the meat off. My, my one wait, wait, in what like a bucket? Well, no, in a big pan. That was hard. So um, yeah, no, 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 in a big pan. You want to find a, you do need to make sure you've got. Well, the way around it actually. The first time I did it, I made a mistake and I I bought the the pig's head and I should have. Got My tip to you is to make sure that your butcher cuts the head in half, because not only does it help with the pan, otherwise you end up walking home with what looks like you've got a sort of freak in a headlock, <laughs> and, um, and, and that's not great. So get your head chopped enough, but it's a delicious thing. It's a very good thing. And, go. the, and if your guests don't like the idea of a terrine made of pig's head, just say it's a ham terrine, and that's the end of it. There you and go. that's, so that's it a is. handy hint for all of us, then. Yeah. Uh, Keep the ears for yourself as a treat.
0: Our ISIS, li- our ISIS listeners will have been hastily writing that down. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Is there like a vegan version? Uh,
0: yes, the peppercorns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody else got any recipes that they want to <laughs> throw into the mix at all? Okay, uh, right, in that case, I want to start off. Last month, we had Amir Amirani on, the director of, of We Are Many, and this week, we've got Amir Jalili, who was one of the executive producers on it. Um, and as I was saying last month, it's a fantastic film. Um, Omid, I'm going to get you to talk about it rather than me. But um, what made you back the film?
2: Uh, I came across this film on Twitter, actually. It's uh, it the first ever Kickstarter that got on to become a film. And at the end, I saw it was my friend... Amir Amirani who was I was at school with him. I went to Holland Park School, and he, he was like the kind of geeky, quiet kid. You know, they say the, you know, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I said, what is this he goes, no, Because I haven't made it. He just made a trailer. He goes, and uh, I, I need help. And uh, one thing led to another, and uh, we um, four years later, we, we've got this film that we've we've released, which is basically about the um, February fifteenth, two thousand and three. Was it was it was a day that a lot of people forgot. It was a day. 30 million people marched against the war uh, on Iraq. There was 1.5 million people in London. And people don't know. It was kind of kept from us. It was a worldwide global uh, movement. Of uh, 800 cities took part in 72 countries. So it's one of those things we're very happy to be part of. We're, it's something we're, we're punting out. Uh, we were just talking in the, in the dressing room that when, uh, when you create a piece of art, it's kind of latent within, like, the, if, if you're a sculptor, you want to sculpt. It's in, the, it's in the piece of wood you've just got to chip it away. And then when it's ready, it's no longer yours. And I think that's what we're doing. It now belongs... To, it doesn't belong to us anymore. We, we're giving it out. It's, it's a film that's uh, talking really about people power and, and, uh, and, the, and the real possibilities when everyone has amazing unity of thought.
0: Yeah, because even though, obviously, we didn't manage to stop <laughs> the war in Iraq, it had knock-on effects, didn't it?
2: Tremendous knock-on effects. I mean, the uh, Arab Spring, the w- yeah. we have all the people who started that saying it was all inspired by February 15th, 2003. We have... Uh, the, the, the decision not to go to war on Syria as well was, was, was a knock on effect I mean it's, it's not one of those films that talks about people power in a hysterical way because I actually don't believe that people are always right if you watch, if you watch uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire <laughs> for example you've got 50-50 you've got Ask a Friend and if you ask the audience sometimes I've seen them like there was one episode I saw they asked the audience uh, who played the lead role in uh, Doctor Zhivago, and 38% said <laughs> it was Trevor McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> it shows you how much the people actually. Uh, and we had Trevor McDonald came to a screening. I've got to tell you about this screening. We invited all these uh, uh, people. You, you know, you try and do these video links, and people talk about things. So I knew Trevor McDonald and a whole bunch of comics. And uh, Trevor McDonald found out about me because I actually mentioned your name in this. Because uh, he, he he'd said to me. Um, how did you how did you come to prominence? And I said, well, the BBC were were looking for someone like me. He goes, like what? I said, people with an ethnic name, but with a very English sounding voice. A bunch of us. There was Rita Chakrabati, Sajula kershi people with an ethnic name, but a very English sounding voice. And I, and and he'd heard, I did this joke that this is the reason why Trevor MacDonald left the BBC. Because they were trying to change his name to Mamchak Bagalawawi. And he heard about this, and he said, that's actually not far off the truth. Uh, so we have this screening, except you can imagine, if you're in comedy, you understand that something is going to happen when you get Trevor McDonald in a room with Ricky Grover. I don't know if you know Ricky Grover. <laughs> Ricky Grover is uh, a kind of ex gangstery. What's that sound?
0: Sorry. What is that sound?
2: Heckled oh, by. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> drilling through the Any ideas? That's a Ricky Grover breakout from prison. No.
0: Hmm. I tell you what I'll do. Let's. Uh, it's a
2: sleeping
3: hummer. Just someone sleeping, humming his favourite noted tune. Do you sleep hum?
2: Well, anyway. It's gone now. there. You go. Yeah, good. Uh, we, we lost the energy of the room, but bring it back. <laughs> uh, so, so Ricky Grover, if you don't know, is this big kind of, uh, and, and before the, as the screening is about to start, but Ricky Grover says, "I just want to tell you." I've had little looks with Sir Trevor and it's getting a bit spiteful. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, if it kicks off, he's starting it. All right? <laughs> There's all this stuff going on. So you had um, you had all these comics and it was amazing that they really, really Loved the movie. You had um, people were very moved by it, which is wonderful. But it was very good because the, the way it all, the, the way we did the film is that uh, were very, Amir was very nice. He included me in everything. He had special. Amir did. Amir it. did special screenings for me um, for because we're a few producers, but I couldn't see it with the other producers. he so do special screenings for me at midnight after a gig. And I'd get to his house in Kilburn and uh, I said, where are the pizzas? I can't watch a film without a pizza." So <laughs> we'd start a screening at midnight and we'd sit there and we'd think, yeah. I said, do you know what we need? We need, um, we need Hans Blix. Do you remember Hans Blix, <laughs> yeah, the weapons inspector? And I said, we need him. And The reason why I got involved, I remember that day, I remember I didn't. My wife said we should march. I said, no, because there's, there's no point. There's no point. They're just going to go and do what they want to do. And I think that's kind of the point of the film, that that way of thinking that we are powers, powerless is completely wrong. Um, so, and I was, I was very wrong about it. And I was very wrong about Hans Blix because I always assumed Hans Blix was German as well. Hans Blix is actually Swedish. Yeah. And I used to be at the comedy store making fun of Hans Blix. I, I portrayed him as a kind of uh, German drag act from Berlin. Um, <laughs> I kept saying, you know, I can't find the weapons in mass destruction. What's that all about? I just can't find them. Where are they? Anyway, here's a song about breakups. And I start going, the winner takes it all. I start singing these songs. And then, and then we said look, uh, we, we found an email for Hans Blix and he wrote, he wrote back he said when are you coming to Stockholm so I said great we're coming next week and let, let, let's read everything about Hans Blix because he's never given an inter- interview before he's now ready oh, really? so we read that he, he liked English muffins because when he was at Cambridge he loved muffins so <laughs> we sent Amir, he said Amir you've got to go to go there take muffins so he arrives <laughs> with muffins And he he stuffs his face, and he's high on muffins. And he lets he lets the cat out of the bag. He says Tony Blair should go to jail. He starts saying um, unbelievably things. We've got so so it's things like that to work with someone like Amir, who is one of you've met him. He's one of the most humble people ever. And when you have a humble person working in documentaries, people open up, and we're very happy there are people in the film. Like we've got a guy called Lawrence Wilkerson, who used to work with Conan Powell, and he says if there was a tribunal, you know, that has Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, Dick Cheney, George Bush, and I had to go in that In that, you saw that, but I had to yeah. go on, on trial and I'd be going to jail, I'd do it in a heartbeat I'd do it because I, we, we perpetrated a hoax and we lied not just the American people but to the whole world, so these are things being said that have never been said before
0: but, and, and as you, and, and um, extremely well done to you for, for making it happen, you know, it's fantastic it, it, it's curious as well isn't it to, to, to remember how as you were saying, you didn't go on the march because you Knew that it wasn't going to make any difference in the short term, but when one sees the longer term view, then bearing witness to what you disagree with and object to can bear fruit down the line. It really
2: know? does, and I think that I think that's the point. It's a film that the the, the the basic message is that you know I'm not a kind of marching kind of person, but you know if there's unity of thought and if everyone has something that we really believe in that will change the world. I'll be out if, if that makes... Because, you know, we, we march when women wanted to vote. People mm. march. If, when, when black I was people, there. You were there. Yeah. When, <laughs> when black people wanted to get the, uh, the civil rights thing, they, they march. So it, it, it's a way of showing protest. But I think it also says that every person has power. We, I know we're going to talk about ISIS and all that, but, I mean, a year ago, I didn't know what... I'll give you an example of this. I didn't know what ISIS was. and they, and they, I just saw on the news that today Islamic State have beheaded James Foley. And I remember thinking, who? Which Islamic state? <laughs> who, who, who? Is yeah. it Egypt? Is it who? So I looked it up. I thought, no, these are just a bunch of terrorists. So, so it would be just as appalling if, if British people, there was some load of hooligans that said, we're a British state, and they start beheading people. So I, I spoke to a friend of the BBC. I said, why are you calling them Islamic State? And they said, well, that's their name. I said, so I said, we've got to change it. So I sent a tweet saying, dear BBC, could you refer to them as the group calling themselves... Islamic State, because this is uh, upsetting to Muslims and and real Islamic states who do not condone and actually think that these people are nutters. Mm. So, and it got retweeted 500 times. And Mm -hmm. before we knew it, there was this people power. I mean, it wasn't even—I sent the idea out, but then the BBC changed it. So, on a tiny, small level, Mm. you can make those kinds of changes.
0: Yeah, and and I think it's really important because you know, it it is one of the stupid things—is the way that you know all Muslims can be tarred with the same brush. I mean, yes. that, that's such a common, ridiculous thing. I mean, you, do, you, do you get you get? I know, I represent
5: all Muslims. Yeah, you um, do. That's uh, why we got you I'm on. I'm here today representing all Muslims <laughs> <laughs> and to tell you exactly what they're all thinking uh, is very fine. Uh, no, it is, it is really frustrating because um, even in my family, we don't have two Muslims that agree with each other. You know, uh, like I say, I'm an agnostic. Uh, but um, the events of 9-11, suddenly, I, it's weird. I, I call myself Muslim because I think I want to show there's more like me than there are those frigging nutters. Mm. And they literally are nutters. And there's no one that I know who ha- ha- comes from a Muslim background that is saying, yeah, you know, it's great, this is brilliant, this is good stuff.
2: Um, and it's just really worrying. Um, and I think, actually, we both noticed... Um, that whenever we had the, the Charleston killings, this white person, young, killed others black people, he says it was to cause terror. It was to create a war. And yet he's referred to as mentally ill, which mm-hmm. is correct. He was mentally ill. This is mentally ill. And yet these people, I mean, I don't know what they can tell. I know we're going to talk about this. What do you tell a person, terrorist or whatever, that it's okay to shoot unarmed people on a beach? That, that either they've got some secret which advertising people want to find out what you do to make them do that or well, this is yeah. a kind of mental illness and there needs to be an intervention i think that's the, i think that's the question here so i'm not ma- i'm making one point that it's you know mentally ill people who are white and terrorists but actually they're all crazy i think yeah. and that's yeah. something and when you have people who are crazy in your own family you make an intervention
0: and i think maybe what it is is it that In different ways, it's people trying to compensate for the fact that they they want some certainty in their lives. You know, some people create that illusion of stability by I don't know becoming psychopathic, sociopathic bankers, and just (laughs) thinking that you know the more toys you have or the longer your yacht, the more I don't know you can fend off your own mortality or whatever. And other people do it by leaping to some kind of dogmatic belief and clinging onto it out of I don't know.
3: I wouldn't like to be the psychotherapist that has to go to a nice little stronghold and say <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. holding the cushion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Where it. did the bad man touch you? <laughs>
4: um, so <laughs> the trouble the trouble is actually with with any with anything, with any religion, any movement, any belief system actually, the problem is that you're always gonna get really bad ambassadors for it. And, like, I've mentioned it twice already now. It's shocking. Like, I'm vegan, right? And I did this benefit uh, last Saturday in Glasgow. And it was, I was comparing. And so there were all these acts coming on doing the sort of vegan thing. The penultimate act was this guy, <laughs> really sweet guy backstage called P6. I was like, looking forward to seeing you in your act. Great. He came on, and he just he had one of those loop boxes. He screamed into it. And it was just this, ah, on a loop for, like, 25 minutes. He reprojected projected this uh, documentary film called Animals from, like, the 80s. It looks like a video nasty. It is a vid- It's like a snuff film with just animals being slaughtered in abattoirs and vivisection films. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, took all his clothes off except for these tiny little hot pants. He had no hair on his body below his eyebrows. And then he poured... I don't know why that troubled me, but it did. I could <laughs> sort of... I could sort of feel it. And then he poured, like, fake blood all over himself and went among us, sort of, doing sexy lap dancing and stuff. And it's like, dude... You are a terrible ambassador for veganism. <laughs> <laughs> you are killing the cause, man. Really, and you know, and also I had to bring the Like, what do you? I said he's available for children's parties, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. <laughs> but you know, you get that in any movement, yeah. be it you know,
2: the Muslim faith or, or veganism or anything. You're always going to get these these assholes who just kill the cause. I man. actually asked somebody. You know, they called the guy Jihadi John, and yeah, so mm. was a, an Islamic. Uh, academic said to me, I said, why do they call him jihadi? He goes, he goes, it is because um, there, there's three English people there and uh, they call him uh, John, uh, George, and Paul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, he goes, and I said, he go, I said right, he goes, because even in jihadi circles, they know that Ringo contributed nothing to the Beatles <laughs> at all. <laughs> 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 <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I can't believe I can't laugh. I laugh. <laughs> no, he was
5: the voiceover for Thomas the Tank Engine. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Jihadi yeah. the Tank Engine. What, Jihadi
3: John? Didn't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, see that one? Was yeah, a, yeah. A
0: Ringo, yeah, Ringo the Jihadi doing Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> Ran over the fat controller and <laughs> put him I mean, in an orange Thomas jumpsuit. Thomas the Tank, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of the, the that very you know middle of the road vegan act that you were describing <laughs> there, uh, so bland. During the, it would have been about 1983. There was a there was a comedy double act called um, uh, the Port Stanley Amateur Dramatic Society, and it was <laughs> Cliff Parisi and Andy Linden, who some of you oh, yeah, you probably and yeah. and they they played two characters. Uh, uh, they played Argentinian sailors from the Belgrano who had washed up. On the shores of Britain after oh, it had been torpedoed. And they, they're doing their whole set, uh, sort of t- satirical set from an outsider's point of view. And at one point they, they said, This is why you bought, fought the war, because they were all from Wales. Um, <laughs> this is why they, you fought the war in the Falklands, at least for this. And they started throwing out corned beef sandwiches to the audience. And, uh, and they, the, there used to be um, a little uh, v- vegetarian. Um, mm-hmm health restaurant up in Highgate called the Earth Exchange you know, and it was very hippie and very right on and they got banned from playing it because this woman had a, a very strict vegetarian had this corned beef lamb, uh, corned <laughs> sandwich landed in her lap and, 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 and it, it, she was very worried about what it had done to her karma uh, and, and, and they, they got banned from playing the Earth Exchange for having meat in their act which I don't know I mean, I can understand being upset, but frankly, I, I don't know. Am I, am I being too, too? uh, Time for vegan jihad. I'm sorry, you're on the list, mate. I'm writing your name down. First up. Did anybody else go on the march? By the way, uh, you you went on the march. I I absolutely
5: believed. I absolutely believed that we can change, I thought we could change things. It's is going to work. And it was such a fantastic atmosphere when I went in the march and my son was like five at the time and he was even like, but why does Tony Blair want to go to war? Can we chart Blair, Blair, you scary bear? Why do you want to kill people? You don't care, right? And so what, what pleases me is that he's now 18 this year.
3: And a poet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's
5: really, like, politically very, very savvy. Um, and interested, and there was a big generation of people that, that, youth, youth, that just weren't interested. They were, you know, and I was worried that that's what was going to happen to my son, and he was frustrated because he couldn't vote. And so I do think, as you say, in the, in the long term, it did sort of make a change. But I, I mean, I remember my friend worked in the House of Commons. He said, "Don't bother going the march. Have a day off. Go and sit in the sun. It yeah. will not make a difference." Tony Blair made it absolutely clear he is still going to go into a rock. Yeah, yeah but Cecilia,
0: if I can just briefly interrupt, your friend in the House of Commons was Tony Blair. Was Tony Blair?
2: <laughs> yes, he was. He was. Um, but but I, I think that's the thing, though. That, that, that was a day a lot of people lost faith in politics. They felt "Well, what's a democracy if thirty million people don't want to march? They don't want to. They to go to. They march, and it doesn't change. It it really does question. You know, what is a democracy? Yeah, and that's what happened. I
0: suppose you know, playing devil's advocate. At least we do get to march. You know, yeah, yeah. we're allowed yeah. yeah. to march.
2: Yeah. Some people are. But then again, they, for us in the Middle East as well, which there's a great moment that when they saw that people in Egypt. And they said, we we're all, all, were all shocked to see all these white whiskey-drinking infidels marching <laughs> on behalf of us. And, um, and it, was, it was an incredible... The, 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 the actual impact of that is something... You'll have to see the film to see the, 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 full, the full extent of it. But even then, uh, if someone like Tony Blair... You know, whenever I do... I used to do this joke in Q&As, which never got a laugh, um, because most people saw saw these very kind of like middle-class, middle-aged people like go to Edinburgh... You know, wearing you know, comfortable shoes and light rainwear <laughs> and sat there watching you. And um, I said that, you know, when Tony Blair became the Middle Eastern peace envoy, to us in the Middle East, that's like Hitler becoming the new chief envoy, mm-hmm. the new chief rabbi, basically. And it never got a laugh just like that. <laughs> I, I, I messed up the joke. Because people said, yes, that's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. It's like, you know, it's like Hitler becoming the new chief rabbi. That makes no sense. And, and I think that the film, it looks like it's a very political thing, but actually the... The film ends, we hope, in a very... I wanted to make sure we had a Hollywood ending, something that was very, very positive. And as Tony Benn says, that there are two forces at work. One is you know, anger and one is optimism. So the anger to want things to change and the optimism and hope to make sure that you do, actually, that we can change things. And as a group, as humanity, once we realise our power, it is a second superpower, which is worldwide public opinion... If we know this and we have political thought, then the possibilities are endless.
0: Yeah. I'll drink to that. Yeah. Without well, shame, we are all monsters. Um, uh, Sajili, you were on a march today. Tell us. Oh,
5: yes. Um, uh, it was to... I can't say to celebrate, but it was, um, it was for Amnesty, and it was anti-torture. Uh, and they were showing, like, we're going to do, like London, I'm doing a little tour, and I was playing An Askew... Who was um, the only woman to be h- both tortured at the Tower of London and um, hung, and drawn, and quartered? Oh, yes. oh, nice. oh she, yeah. she had the full set. She had the full oh, set of right. multitasking. Yes. And um, but who she, was this woman? She, yeah. Anne Askew. Nice. Askew. And um, so some of the torturing uh, implements that we've used here, that Britain's had, you know, its own issues. They we then showed how like rape is getting flogged. Um, you know, the, the in Guantanamo Bay. Uh, oh, horrendous. Two stretchers, men put under two stretchers, and soldiers sitting on the stretchers. Um, uh, thumb, nails, scru- scru- thumb thumbs scru- thumb screws. Scru- thumb screws. Yeah. I'm it's an like, expert. I'm, <laughs> you have to be pretty deranged to yeah. sort of think? Do you know what? I've got an idea. I mean, I know some people get paid for it, and it's a pleasurable thing. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I've got an idea that I, this this would really cause a lot of pain. There were some really, really sort of horrendous. Uh, Things out there, and unfortunately, we do live in a world where we we still have places that you know use torture um, and Mm. degradation. I mean, god, um, North Korea jonglers,
4: (laughs) 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 you do wonder because it was leaked quite recently. There was a thing about the CIA,
0: yeah, last December yeah they basically the said report. something
4: came out about yeah how they sort of they sort of bent their own rules about mm. torture and stuff, and it said something about the psychologist that they'd employed to come up with waterboarding, and you kind of think, surely you know you train as a psychologist to try and like fix people's brains, and then you find yourself... With the, oh, now what could This is, is where mean? it all
3: goes wrong with what? the sending the psychologist to ISIS plan, you see. You'll send the one who <laughs> invented waterboarding. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And they'll o- welcome him with open
0: arms and that, going, how like, did that go? It's
4: like the Mitchell and Webb sketch. You sort of think, you know, at what point do you think, are, are we
5: the bad guys? Yeah.
0: Like, is this wrong? <laughs> it's, actually, it's not torture. It's enhanced interrogation <laughs> techniques. Yeah. Th- oh, go ahead. I go.
5: think I know where waterboarding came from. I was in the brownies and uh, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> well, and I got thrown absolutely. out because I've got really bad OCD. Uh, that's from that, all that religious indoctrination, you know. Wash five times a day. I got those extra washes in um, and. Uh, it, it, I, we did do like the um for Halloween apple bobbing, yes. And I, so I had my oh, lovely Granny Smith yes. apple, which I would polished, it was perfect, it was clean, it was in there. And then, um, <laughs> was and it then, in bleach? Could, yeah. no, no, in the water. And then, yeah. uh, Nicola, her name was Bitch. Um, with a snotty nose. She was like, was one of those snotty noses that you used to sort of b- yeah. used to go up and down, yeah. yeah. And she was yeah. like, I'm like, oh my god, she's going near my apple, and I just got really anxious. So I, I thought I just pushed her head away from my apple, apparently, I dunked it in. Her, um, apparently, she then, drowned her, yeah, I didn't didn't make did, any, any Did, did, any she, badges. Talk? Mm. did, did she, she talk? Did she talk? She <laughs> didn't talk, but she was very sorry. Um, I didn't make any uh, badges, but I did get my waterboarding badges. I think that's where it came from. I think that's where waterboarding came from. Brownies invented it.
2: I can believe Apple that. Rubbing. You won't believe this. I will. I was waterboarded last week. Seriously? I'm being serious. It was for, uh, There's a TV show... Uh, where an actor has to waterboard me in a pub. I mean, literally waterboarding. Pro- proper water- waterboarding is when they put a cloth over you, then they put your face under a fast mm, little, mm. load of water. And here, uh, they said, look, there's no two ways. You just have to be waterboarded for the shot. So we're not talking about method acting. You just have to do it. And the actor was really angry with me. And it's, it's meant to be like sympathies for me, because I shouldn't be waterboarded. But when it happens, it's just a pub. It's a beer thing. So it's, and they, they put it in a very fast thing. So it goes whoosh. And, it, and I have to say, we did about two or three takes and I couldn't take it anymore. It was, it was, the whole scene would lasted about wow. 30 seconds of me genuinely. And it is the worst, most awful, especially as he wasn't even asking me anything. I was just, if, I, if I had some information, I would have given it to him. <laughs> but the scene just had me being tortured. And it really is one of the most shocking because it's just water going into your mouth. And, and the, I think it's the force of it. And even though it was acting, I was shaken for about a day. It really is. An, or, I presume what you're doing is is is, is marching to stop torture a, a, across the board, yeah, yeah, to, to yeah, make it yeah, illegal. Yeah, so if someone yeah, does it, they yeah, go. Yeah. it really is. I've got no jokes about it, but it really is what well, it, it, it should is be. Is this
0: the new Anton Deck vehicle, or <laughs> prime time? I'm stuff? not allowed to say what it is, but okay. it was it
2: was it's it was it's a TV series that's going out. Uh, later on in the year but it really is shocking uh, and it was
0: and, and really I saw it back traumatic. and I thought
2: it actually looked, oh good it was worth it because yeah. it looked awful
0: wow Jake you were no it just sounds it's like a kill the comedy it's vibe a great opportunity for you
5: waterboarded with beer though beer boarded yeah. that's,
2: what you, call, that's yeah. what you call a neat out in Newcastle okay. <laughs> and the thing was as soon as the scene was over the actor was there kind of going he was drinking himself himself <laughs> <laughs> afterwards does it feel like drowning does it feel like it feels journey? like drowning yeah, yeah it's awful Jeez. sorry I've got no jokes about it it yeah. just was yeah. a very I'm I'm agreeing that people don't realise that torture goes on in countries all over the world and it's not illegal. It's actually a a legitimate way of getting information.
0: It's funny because, you know, talking about the torture here, I I went to the, uh, the Tower of London and you see all these torture devices that, you know, we employed in previous... Generations in this country, like you know, the thumb screws and whips and racks and so on, but curiously, uh, in that museum, there's no uh, extraordinary rendition, CIA, MI6, extraordinary rendition sections. I was wondering, you know, how long does a method of torture have to be around before it becomes an acceptable destination for a fun family day out? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know in 50 years, are people going to be taking pictures of their kids climbing over a big pile of naked, out-of-work actors who are pretending to be Abu Ghraib inmates <laughs> or something? I don't know. Well, that's a cheerful note. Can, there, can somebody can I went
3: um, to the, the Tower of pl- London, and it, well, said the, the actors thing—it's always very embarrassing when you see poor unemployed actors having to dress up <laughs> and uh, <laughs> to be to be characters at, at a, a you know, sort of tourist place like the, tourist, uh, the Tower of London. There was a very sweet scene where there was a group of um, schoolgirls, quite young, school about ten, who were very excited, and their their guide was a woman who was dressed sort of generically Tudor and she had sort of a big hat and a cape on I don't know not a cape on as in like a big chicken but a cape <laughs> on but uh, I don't know who she was meant to be but they were getting a bit unruly and it was just very sweet to watch because she had to stay in character and uh, <laughs> so they Gila were,
0: would have waterboarded her yeah you,
3: so they were running ahead and she had no control over them and she kept trying to sort of bring them back to them they wouldn't they'd run ahead and she went stop stop if you turn round, you can see the king. And they all turned, and she went, only joking. (laughs) And then they ran off again. And I thought, what a miserable fucking life that is. You should think yourself grateful for being waterboarded for good money. So, oh, horrible. Anyway, I've got a shift there tomorrow.
0: (laughs) Has um, anybody <laughs> got anything they want to plug? Or should we wait till the second half? We've got about twenty five past eight now, yeah, so got i think night at
3: the Carnegie Hall coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets still available. <laughs> uh,
0: any more recipes? Oh, I c- love
5: cooking. I find it really nice. I love it. I love it. I could, if I, it's the, uh, this is some, some things culturally I think are really lovely. I mean, obviously, uh, raining, very hospitable, right? Mm, no. um, and so we feed, we're feeders, a nation of feeders, and we eaters as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like today I'm thinking I should have bought some sweets for everybody, you know, because I just feel like I can't, you know, I always yeah. have in my shows, I always have sweets or something. I used to make samosas for my club.
0: Yes, I, I know, I much. know. Did you? Yeah. 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 Why do you think you've got books?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, did anything? I didn't bring I love those Edinburgh shows where you could have coffee and Shakespeare coffee and a croissant and Shakespeare
0: it's, it's how he wrote them to be performed <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. he was because he, he had a patisserie shop on the side you know <laughs> yeah, yeah it was,
2: there was uh, a wonderful story at the Edinburgh Festival where uh, I don't know if you know Andre Vincent mm. uh, yeah. Andre Vincent was doing Late and Live the show that starts at 1am one, a, 1 a. M. And every time he did a joke, there were these students who kept going, ha, 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 ha. And he we was ruining his show. And he kept at them. They were going, ha, bloody, ha. And he got really upset for 40 minutes. They ruined his show, and he got really upset. And people were saying, Andre, let's get on with the show. It was 40 minutes he was dealing with them. And he goes, do you know he found out? They were doing some restoration comedy um, in the morning. And <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I know what I'm going to do. So the next day, he just went there, and he sat front row, and every time they did a joke, he kept going, ha, 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 ha. And they were aware of this guy with his feet were on the stage and everything he he going, ha, ha, ha. And then they stopped the show and started, going, you don't know who you are, but you're ruining the show. And they stopped and he went, job done. He went outside and he saw it was the wrong show. He got the wrong show. He went to the wrong people. Oh. And, oh. earthy, and he went out really quickly. Oh, it's awful. Oh. Ruined these people's oh. lives. Oh.
0: oh God, I'm feeling for him. Now. Oh. Feeling sympathy for it. Yeah, but also Andre. he has to go
3: see two restoration comedies. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now. <laughs> I love that. I love it that Sounds you... like the plot of a
3: restoration
0: comedy in itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me thing the wrong show.
4: Oh. I love that you tell us the story about being waterboarded and everyone goes, oh yeah. And then like, oh yeah, and he heckled them at their Edinburgh show and everyone's like, oh no, not that! <laughs> not that
0: <laughs> there are limits. <laughs> <laughs> with the board waterboarding you had to be there. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, listen. Um that's we've not actually part- started the show, have we? No, 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 we haven't started. This is just no, the warm-up. No, no. Yeah, no, this yeah. is just the warm-up. Um sorry about my <laughs> phone going off. Uh I don't know if you heard that ping. That was my phone. Uh, I'm going to go into the dressing room and get waterboarded and Sajila's going to Stuff Touch my face my apple, into a bowl of apples. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we will see you back in about 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes for the second half. So please, round of applause for the panel. You. We'll see you in the second half. Thank you. Let's have Ronnie Golden back again. Let's hear it for Ronnie. <laughs>
1: I I didn't tell Nick, but I'm going to do two songs here. This is a very short one. And uh, it's a song I wrote for this show I did in Edinburgh last year. um, It's full of vitriol and bile, and a lot of it is is very uh, unnecessary animosity, but as I say, it's uh, saved by its brevity. All the crap comedians are buying ukuleles to put a little music in their act They hope that little plink Will make the audience think That they possess a major talent That's a fact They forget that ukulele Won't make them like Bill Bailey And to that man our caps we proudly doff So let me say, for what it's worth, if you should venture on my turf, I'm gonna have to say, fuck (laughs) off. That's that. Yes, Yes, you didn't think I had that much bile in me, did you? (laughs) So, not not in Glastonbury, then. Well done. <laughs> oh, man, I've been to Glastonbury three times, right? I mean, this is going to be a topic later, but I've been to Glastonbury three times. I went in 1983 when it was kind of pretty close to what it should have been, you know, and people were, like, being pole vaulted in over the fences and they actually paid guys to throw them into the place, you know. Now you need cards with your own identity on and your pictures and all that kind of stuff and it's about £2.50 to get in or something, you know. And it was all hot knives and bad cider and amphetamine sulphate. Yes! And then the next time I went back was in the 90s, uh, 95, I think it was. And it it, it started going off the boil. And then I went there. I did a show in the cabaret tent in 2007 with Barry Cryer, right? And it was one of those mud-filled years. It was utterly miserable. And as soon as you get on site, you see HSBC, Burger King, and you go, fuck this. (laughs) So uh, I would never go back there again. I hate it. (laughs)
0: Could somebody fetch Mr. Golden's? uh... No, we we won't worry
1: about it. You're already very impressed by my harmonica playing, so uh... (laughs) this uh, this is a little little song which uh... oh brilliant! Thank you. Yeah, big hand, big hand for the man. Thank you very
0: much. Thank you. I was going to say it looked like a torture implement actually, (laughs) but of course the way you play it. (laughs) Hey! Hey!
1: (laughs) As Neil Innes used to say, uh, I've suffered for my music, it's your turn. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, this is a song I wrote with, uh, with, with Barry, Barry Cryer. And... Um, are we coming out all right? Then Yeah, yeah, great. And uh, this is a kind of double dedication. Now, the, firstly, it's a dedication to all the great young acoustic musicians in this country at the moment, of which there are very many. And at the same time, it's also a dedication to... Uh, voluntary euthanasia and assisted suicide this is actually sponsored by dignitas um, this one's called i want to be unplugged <laughs> <laughs> sick and tired of lying in this hospital bed all wired up and intravenously A psychedelic stroll and whoopee, here comes sister, and she's whipping off my robe, lying face down in a hospital gown as she lovingly administers a rectal pole. I must have hit rock bottom because I have to say. One more time. Dignity. They took away my teeth They took away my trousers And the things that lie beneath Terminally bored In the terminal ward They took away my flowers And replaced them with a wreath So take me to the graveyard Before I lose the plot Then take away my and drive me away I wanna be unplugged Separate me from my saline drip Get me out of here and into a skip I wanna be unplugged
0: Golden and his harmonica <laughs> okay uh, it's time to welcome back the panel please welcome them back Jake Yax, Sachila Kershi, Omar Jalili and Chris Steele here they come
2: Does everyone know Barry Cryer? Yeah. yeah. Do you know he rang me up? And I, I've done, um, you know that show. I'm sorry, having a clue. They love jokes, and he rang me up. And he goes, oh, I mean, I've got it. I've got, I've got, I've got the joke that's killed me. I said. He actually said, he goes, he goes you know, I like parrot jokes. I said, yeah. He goes, you know, I like Jewish jokes. He said, I've got a Jewish, par- <laughs> I've got a Jewish parrot joke. <laughs> I said, go. And he goes, Jewish bloke. Look, he went to go to the pet shop, be looking for a parrot. And he goes, what's that one there? There's a parrot that's doing. The, the Jewish Lord's, Lord's Prayer. He's doing her shaman and chaman. He goes, How much is that one? He goes, 100 pounds. He goes, I'll take it. He goes, It's actually the Lord's Prayer. He Doing the Jewish Lord's Prayer. He takes it, takes the synagogue. He goes, Right, well, everyone, I've got a parrot here. He's going to do the Lord's Prayer. People say, Rubbish. He goes, Oh, what's about? I'll take a bet. How much? 50 pounds. Shlomo, how much? me, how much? He's taking all these bets. And he goes, We're ready. Do the Lord's Prayer. The parrot does nothing. He goes, Do the Lord's Prayer. Nothing. Do the Lord's Prayer. The parrot, sh-ton. he's humiliated. He's got the money, gives the money back. He goes home, says to the parrot, why don't you do the Lord's Prayer and ask him? The parrot says, Jaime, think of the odds next week.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <That's>
3: brilliant. <laughs> was brilliant there was a court case that they used a, a parrot in, uh, a divorce uh, proceedings, because uh, there was a couple, and, and this guy um, w- wanted to divorce his wife because she'd been having an affair and she didn't want anything it was all to do with lots of money, so I don't understand it. But he got to court and a parrot was called as a witness. And, and the reason why was because the guy had only become aware of his wife's infidelity. Because he used to go away at work in America for weeks at a time. And he was called John or something. And he'd come home and the parrot... He'd open the door, and and the parrot would go, "Oh, Gary, <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: you're back, you're back, mm, Gary." Mm. And and that's what that's what gave him the clue that Gary was, you know, putting the seed out while he was away. <laughs> and he was he was used in court, but he did actually speak, unlike this one. So it was uh, yeah. Barry's astonishing. For I just I did a charity just a minute with Barry a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was. Um, the curious combination of me, Barry, Giles Brandreth, and Esther Ranson.
2: <laughs>
3: Christ. And um, me and Barry sat on one side of the stage and just looked at each other, and I thought, well, they've got enough ego for 20. They can just keep going, can't they? So, Esther's tiny legs, very high heels for a 75-year-old woman. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, but Barry's brilliant was, like, uh, he didn't do the... The, the, the game at all. He kept. He was, he's quite deaf now, Barry, isn't he? And, and he, he didn't really know what was going on. And he'd say, Who's "And he said, I'm just going to tell a joke about a Jewish parrot." <laughs> and it, the subject would be like, we, we we did it in the Post Office Tower in BT Tower, and it would be something like the subject would be revolving restaurants. And he'd say to me, oh, "I think I'm trying to I can't <laughs> try. I'm sure I've got a joke about a revolving <laughs> restaurant. No, I haven't got a joke about a revolving restaurant. I'll tell a joke about a parrot." And <laughs> And he go, there was a parrot who uh, whose owner once went to a revolving <laughs> restaurant <laughs> and they get into it that way. He was amazing. He's a. Star. I've never known anyone apart from Pete Graham, who runs downstairs at He's the King's Head as well, yes. his Come mate, isn't and, it? And 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 Ronnie works with Barry a lot and, and I've never known any... Every time you do a gig with Pete Graham at downstairs at the King's Head, he's always got a new joke, usually about how shit agents are. Um, <laughs> but, and, and everyone doesn't laugh, but you kind of go, mm, yeah, I'll take your point. Um, <laughs> do you know,
2: actually, do you know, my, my manager, I've got a Jewish manager, I've got Nigel Clarfield. He's, yeah. he, sadly, <laughs> he's losing all his eyes. He can't see anything. So every time we go to like, an award ceremony, he, he, say, he's, he can't see anyone this far. And he'll say, who's on the table? And we've got BBC. We, Ian Wright was right opposite him, <laughs> wearing a red and white check shirt. And I said, "You've got the BBC guy on the left, uh, ITV on the right." He went, "Ooh, who's that tasty blackbird in the gingham dress?" <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: She's yours.
3: That's <laughs> <laughs> it, the Shirley
2: Bassey. He got very, he got very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so we're, we're no, hijacking no, no, we're, we're your no, show. No, no, no. I, that's, I'm quite happy <coughs> to, be jokes. to be hijacked.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, let's. let's um, Tony was talking about. Uh, Ron, Ronnie was talking about Glastonbury. Um, oh, so, what, what, what are your feelings on Glastonbury? Has anybody been? No. No. Jake, oh, no. Yeah, you, Jay, you I, must have. No, no, I haven't. No, I, I was put
4: off it because I, I went to a, another festival. I can't remember what it was called. It was called, like, Awkward or something. Really. Well, if so you can Wouldn't remember me... what it was called, exactly. you weren't really so, there. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, w- I was put off the whole experience because I, I drove there and uh, put my car in this field and then walked. And I, I was taken to t- I was doing stand-up. Yeah. And um, so I was performing in this tent with, you know, you, you couldn't hear anything with this wall of noise next door. And uh, did my bit and then sort of befriended some people. And that was quite fun at the festival. And they sort of took me under the wing and said, Why don't you stay the night? It'll be fun stay in our tent and I was like okay fine so I stayed in their tent and that was great Uh, and then the next morning I I went back to my car and uh, I unlocked the car and I opened and I went and sat in it and I was like there's a a really weird smell in here and let me just say I have never done drugs in my life right ever in the footwell of the passenger seat was what could only be unmistakably, a human turd. That's not drugs.
3: <laughs> you've misunderstood what drugs are. No, I'm just
4: saying. I was perfectly lucid the whole night. It wasn't I, me. I locked my car. I How popped it in a large
3: drizzler, <laughs> tried to smoke it delicious. How
4: did they put a poo in my car?
3: It came out of their bum.
4: So wow. I am that, never that going to put you off festival. Going to well, Yeah, that's no. it. I'm not doing it. No, festivals are horrible. It's yeah. a
2: difficult, you know, um, there was a time Malcolm Hardy, Malcolm Hardy <laughs> who we all know was a legendary um, comedy club owner. He used to MC the comedy tent. Um, I only did it once in 1998. You might remember 1998 was with a terrible downpours and there was just mud everywhere. So and and Malcolm was the kind of person. It was like an anti MC. He'd like to say, "Do you like, do you like Americans?" They go, "No." Do you like poets? No! Ladies and gentlemen, an American poet. It was all, <laughs> it was all stuff like that. So it was very chaotic. And uh, and then by the time... I thought, this is going to be good. And then a couple of comics went down very badly and the, empty, the, the, the tent was emptied. And the people had just had been stuck. They were in the mud. They'd been there for about four or five hours. And I came on. It was cold and they weren't laughing at anything. And I think, what can I do to make you laugh? And I remember I, I took off all my clothes. I, I literally, I'd stripped naked... <laughs> And pretending to be chased by a lion. Um, I just that, ran old around, ruse. that old. That <laughs> old. I thought, this, this doesn't get. But imagine me for about a minute running around naked to silence. I mean, actually, <laughs> it was utterly silent. And I was like looking behind me. And I thought, just use the space, use the space. And, and, um, and then I heard this noise. And some guy got up and he was shouting something in a, in a different language. And I said, what you, What's that? And someone said, Shh. shh. He's having an inspiration. He's talking to you in tongues, and the whole crowd started praying. They just started praying like that, and I just went, "You've been great. Thank you very much." <laughs> and I slowly, I said, "I said goodnight. No, I said goodbye." And as I was clapping, I was picking up my clothes, I was doing <laughs> <laughs> and I just walked off awkwardly while while Malcolm stood like that. "Way goes uh, there you go, naked Iranian. <laughs> i not seen that before." But I never went back again. And it was, it was, uh, it was because it's a very difficult place to get into. It's a very difficult place to get out. So when you've died, as we said, died on your arse, it was a very difficult. Oh. Place. It took me about an hour and a half to get out and go through. And people said, "I just saw you in the tent. You were shit," <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it was really awful. It's horrible. I've never been back. And I never. You, I
3: did a Latitude Festival for a few oh, years, nice. which is well. It started off quite nice, and then it became uh, like Glastonbury, but in Suffolk and <laughs> slightly smaller. And any, you get to an age where you're really never going to be that joyful at the sight of a sheep painted pink or blue or green (laughs) and you're with people who kind of go isn't it lovely and you kind of go no it's a sheep that's been painted pink or blue or green (laughs) and people used to stay there and I refused to stay there and I used to stay in a in a little Tudor cottage about 20 miles away with my then boyfriend and we'd drive in when <laughs> I had to do a gig and then I'd, he'd want to see a band and I'd kind of go no there's a garden centre down the road I'd rather <laughs> no and, and they had quite a good range of aces and some quite nice herbs and, 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 and they had quite a rare French sorrel that I bought and, and, and so I'd go there and they'd go oh we want to fish and chips at, um, um, at Alber on the beach or there was a lovely antique shop in Frang- uh, Framling and run by a couple <laughs> called the Goodberries, very good on porcelain and and, 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 and that's all I ever wanted to do. And, and, and then you'd drive through the gates of latitude and your heart would sink. And, and there'd just be just sort of... It was also the families all gathered together, their children covered in dried faeces, but they didn't care because it was a <laughs> festival. And there'd just be a lot of wet wipes handed around amongst each other, and the children would sort of run. And then they'd clamber up on stage, and you couldn't do anything. I tried to take my children, put clothes off with the children there, nothing. <laughs> and it was just the most... Mi- and then I did a food... I hate Suffolk. I did a food <laughs> festival. Um, it was one of those... You know now there's a festival for everything. It's not, ju- you know, not just about music. This was a food festival. Again, a like, very middle class, and the people that ran it... Um, Ran it really well, so that they conveniently went bankrupt at the end, and none of us got paid. And um, they had some bands. I was running the chefs unplugged tent, uh, which is where chefs came along and made paella, but didn't use microphones. It was really amazing. And is,
0: is microphone. Part and of the I saying, main what, ingredient yeah, in Yeah, wh- why,
3: would, why would the chef not be unplugged? Why, why, yes. would they, why would they normally be plugged? And they went, well, we're trying to give it a kind of rock vibe <laughs> as some queenie chocolatier went around with his salted caramels. I thought, yeah, rock and roll. And, <laughs> and, 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 it was, and then we didn't get paid. No, they're horrible. Unless you like shitting in a trough. Or, um, indeed in if, huh?
0: or indeed in or Jake's indeed car. Or indeed in
3: Jake's car. In fact, I did one year of shitting in a trough and I thought, I'm looking for a car after this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's where I went. But no, they're horrible places. So hang on, they
2: got into your car. And that's what I'm down. saying, it was a locked car and yeah. they pooed in it. It's
3: and almost I a magic they... trick. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you sure you didn't bring the poo
4: on mm. your shoe? No, it was like a beautifully formed, it had been laid in situ, I'm
3: telling you, mm. man. Had wow. your gig gone well? No, I'm just saying
0: not particularly must- <laughs> <at the club. laughs> since you are. Maybe, <laughs> maybe there was a moth or something trapped in overnight. And, and there's no way that no. moth would have got off the
4: ground. Man. It was like two <laughs> yeah. or three pounds. Of, I'm sorry, but you know, I had to deal with it. If right. you want to poo in my car, just ring me up. No, but, but it's, like it's like a David Blaine thing. The locked car <laughs> and know, there's a poo inside. And thing. how did it
3: get there? Well, it's I'm always a dwarf. He keeps behind. That's what it is. You know the card <laughs> trick when he gets behind there. They put the, the, the card up against the window. How do you know it was the age of space? This was not. He's, he's got an. He's got an. He's got a dwarf on the inside of the car. Is this the
4: turd you were thinking yeah. of. And yeah, exactly.
3: And that's what it was. He had. A, he had a dwarf shitting in his car for magic.
4: <coughs> no dwarf
0: could produce that. But so Julie, you well, go. Ahead.
5: Yeah, I've, I'm going to be performing at WOMAD and seeing your film there. Actually, that's, that's going to be nice. Um, but I, in the past, I have trained myself. Um, Middle-aged. I went to Hot Farm in Tunbridge, so worse than Suffolk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, it's for middle-aged people um, and farm. middle class. And so you don't. It's like it is a training camp because you don't have to walk too far. You can go from here to there, and there's something music playing on. Um, but of course, I've got OCD, as I've already explained. Um, and I was literally with my detox spray, and I spent <laughs> so long in the toilets cleaning everything up before I used it. That I missed a lot of bands. <laughs> well, I'm not
0: surprised. Yeah. And then
5: when we sleep, because you hear everything in the tent, did you camp out? No, as I was saying, we stayed. Oh. Okay. Cottage
3: twenty miles away.
5: Well, when you're camping out, it's a lovely English <laughs> yeah, garden. That's, that's, in that's in cheating. That's not really the thing. No,
3: I'm I'm it. fine. I'm happy to be accused of cheating. I really like people used to go. We're staying in a tent. You go. Lucky you. Well, no, um, I was
5: glamping. I was glamping. It was a big tent. But it's, no it's never, never that
3: glampy, is it? Really? No, it's not. Well, it's still it's in sh- a tent. Yeah.
5: yeah, but you can hear absolutely everything on the campsite. And there was uh, a tent next to us. And there's another comedian friend who's uh, sleeping in the same tent as me. And I thought she's fast asleep. And basically, they were having sex, and there was a threesome. Uh, what, you're, the and comedian? And no, 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 the next next tent next one. Yeah. Every time, the motion of the ocean would make my tent. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is like... And they were going on and on and on. And I was like, OK, well, I'm not going to say anything, it's a bit awkward. And then my friend Susie, she just turned around, and she said, will somebody actually come in that tent, please? was <laughs> <us> <laughs> So I just felt like we'd had a Doesn't need you apostasy. to even be
0: one of you two, anyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's, here's my big problem with uh, festivals like Glastonbury. I think it's strange and actually disturbing that families go, Like different generations will yeah. go. Because it seems to me that the crucial thing about popular music is that you listen to stuff that your parents hate. That seems to me mm. a very important thing about, about proper rock and roll, whatever it's term these days. I still refer to them as it was When roots. I was little, my dad
3: really liked Leo Sayer, but I only listened to Burt Backrack. I take There you go, you <laughs> see. This is the
0: point. And if you look at the way that the society has gone since Glast- as Glastonbury has grown, right, since the early 80s, I don't know if Reagan and Thatcher sort of planned it, whether they were behind Glastonbury but there's been so much <laughs> you know there's been so much uh, submission and, and society's got work, I think it's probably that's my, that's my theory it's taking all the re- it, it's commodifying rebellion isn't it people go there for the weekend and that and shitting being, in troughs you know well, d- you d- need d- to watch uh, you need to watch Omid's film instead of going to Glastonbury I blame
4: uh, Rolf Harris because it's because well, it's easy um, but like um, he, he he did Glastonbury one year didn't he here's an ironic idea. Let's put Rolf Harris. Yeah, see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was like, oh my God, Rolf Harris! Irony, brilliant. Oh, he's actually a legend. And then they were like, this whole irony yeah. business, but what, what are, this is going great guns. And so it got more and more, irony it was Dolly Parton and stuff, and then well, they got like, great. what would be even more ironic? Jay-Z! That would be ironic. <laughs> and then it went on, and so now Kanye's like headlining and stuff, and, my, and then... So finally, there has to be a kickback, right? So finally, a comedian—you know—he he rushed the stage, didn't he on, on Saturday yeah, night? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, actually,
0: uh, uh, the, the Who are closing tonight, and I believe they're finishing on "We Will Get Fooled Again." <laughs> a little reference but there. The too.
4: problem is that like, Jarvis Cocker deserve more. <laughs> deserve more. <laughs> Jarvis Cocker, you know, he he went on stage when Michael Jackson was playing yeah. at the Brit Awards, yeah. And uh, Lee Nelson did it with. Kanye. And the problem is that they get on stage, and they haven't really thought it through beyond that. They're like, yeah. I'm gonna get up on the stage. I'm gonna on stage. Hey, I'm on the fucking <laughs> stage. And they haven't actually thought of anything cleverer than that. It's
5: yeah. kind of Lee Nelson now. Back in that. the 80s, you see, they would have streaked. That was the thing. So you could yeah. Have yeah. Yeah. a
0: thing. Yeah. 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 That, was yeah. Probably, that was probably peak streak, actually. Oh, you probably, you know, they thought, Erica no, we can't. Roe. Oh, Erica Rowe mean? at Twickenham yes. against, uh, England against Wales,
2: 1980. Um, uh, can I just say one thing? The best time to watch Glastonbury, I don't know if people know that in America there's a... There's something called public television where they have, um, as events unfold, you see it live with no commentary. It's just, you might just about hear the sound man say something. And I remember Rolf Harris, I was in America, what is it, was, and you could hear the sound man going... Christ, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could just hear him. You can hear him very quietly, yeah. and it just reminded me. That, do you remember when David Blaine was in a box on the Tower yeah. Bridge? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was watching public television when he came out, and and I was watching it, and you could hear an English crew going, "Get closer, get closer." I thought it was an English crew, and you could hear him they Goes, "Can you hear him?" Can you get, "You've got the sound on," and you could hear David Blaine going, "I learned more in that box in forty-four days than I have in my whole life." And the voices went. Ah, uh, silly cunt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest thing I ever heard <laughs> I do love that about
4: about British crowds is that you know David Blaine it's came silly. over here and thought he'd be celebrated as a hero. Which is a real like Americans, they want you to win. Whereas British audiences and it's lovely to have you here, they want you to fail. You know, see they do. And like they were, they were chucking they were catapulting burgers at you, yeah. weren't that they? Was, that was they, Henry they, they? People that was turned Henry up with Naila. golf
0: clubs and golf balls and were like having a go. And
4: it was brilliant. It was so in the,
0: America. The other thing on Glastonbury, actually, when you're talking about inappropriate guests. I, I you know, there was one year where Prince Charles turned up and he went onto a state and everybody cheered him. And I thought, really, you know, that's <laughs> Did he see? No, he was only he was <laughs> only there to complain about the architecture of the pyramid stage. But you know, he got cheered at Glastonbury. You're thinking, what is the point of anything? It's really? so ironic, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Queen actually, she went to, to Germany and apparently the crowds were very pleased to see her. They were chanting, coming home, coming home, the monarch's coming home. It's a curious thing. It's very funny. That deserved more. <laughs> that deserve more. Thank <laughs> you. But this is the thing that gets me. What, the Queen seems to have some kind of positive diplomatic public relations effect when she does these state visits, like when she went to to Ireland a couple of years ago uh, and, and, you know, but what, why, can anybody explain? It's why the hats. It's the
3: that, hats. <laughs> carries a hat, lovely. I think, well, she's nearly 90, exactly. and you'd be churlish exactly. to kind of go, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Uh, I, I think she's got little legs. Well, I wasn't implying takes... that they
0: were the two alternatives. Well, and... no,
3: I know, but I... Well, also, she doesn't get out much, so more. I mean, like, in the 70s, you couldn't probably go to an African country where the Queen <laughs> wasn't turning up for a weekend. She was a bit too a penny, but now... She sort of turns up, and you go. Even Prince Prince Philip, you think, I'm sure you were dead, and <laughs> and he's there, and you kind of go, they're a kind of walking miracle. It's quite oh, nice yeah. to see them, I think, and also I'd rather see them than Cameron. Well, do quite. it. That's I, a I, very good yeah, point, yeah, isn't, just, isn't it? And wasn't isn't she it was curious? lovely with that painting she was given by some sort of up and coming German artist, and he'd he'd redone a photograph of her with a pony and her dad, George VI, at the back of the pony or something, with little family <laughs> and he'd painted the pony blue and he'd painted his da- a dad green and he painted her yellow and it was all on a b- red background and everything mm-hmm. was sort of daubed with black and she went, is that meant to be me? <laughs> is that meant to be my father? And the German president had to go, yes, and she went, doesn't look like us, does it? And just walked <laughs> off. And I thought, I'd like, that's what, one of the... Jo- you get to 19, you can someone can give you a really expensive but shit present you can't go, no thanks, I'll leave it. Uh, I quite like the Queen. I think we'll be yeah. sorry when she goes. Well, that's yeah. another matter, yeah. yeah. I'm, a,
4: I'm a Republican, but I, I subscribe to the whole kind of nice Queen, shame yeah. about the monarchy yeah. 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 kind of philosophy. And what I sort of hope is, you know, I, I want her to keep going... Long may she reign over us. Because, I mean, she's, she is old now. Well, and although her
3: mother well, lived it? to 102, didn't yeah. she? Yeah.
4: Well, I mean, well she no, st- long may she reign, because I, I sort of see her as sort of becoming this sort of national, perhaps international, sort of old cat you know, those sort of scabby old cats, that just, they're just like a bag of bones, and they just start crapping in inappropriate places. Oh.
3: I just, I, I'm
4: just so sorry. You think trans- it was the queen
3: that did it in your car? I'm just, well, <laughs> conceivably.
4: I'm just saying, like, it would be quite nice if, you know, on a trip to Germany, she just got off the airplane and just crimped one off on the tarmac. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, she's our reigning monarch, there's nothing we can do.
3: I think at that point, the magic goes. But um, <laughs> I, there is... Was the, the Queen Mother... Uh, <laughs> Speak for yourself. That's, that's the Queen the Mother got to a point where... It, you, you know there's a tipping point, because the Queen still carries herself quite upright. She still wears those funny pastel-shaped sort of dress-slash-coat things. She can carry, and then like the Queen Mother, when she got back to a 94, she suddenly looked like a sort of... Imploding mushroom <laughs> and and when you get to the imploding mushroom stage, I think then, the, then then you can't really do anything she had to sort of be pushed around and they went oh look all the gin she gets through she's a marvel <laughs> and uh, and she was given a she was given a sort of honor because of her service to empties and uh, you know it's like but then it goes I think I hope for the queen's sake that the minute the minute you know she can't Function. She can't look slightly sneery at some artwork. She can't pretend to be interested at small children as they hand her small poses before they get smashed in the head by a soldier who's opening the door for her. When that's finished, then hopefully Dignitas will come along. And I'm then sorry, I,
4: mate, but I think that's very unpatriotic. Well, no, Do you love your country, Neil? Do you?
3: Not massively. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Do you I mean, know when, could... when the Queen Mother died... Yeah. Um, me and my friends uh, and my brother, uh, we, we decided to commemorate, commemorate her crossing over what the Rainbow What did you do? <laughs> yeah. right. Her crossing, well, it was a bit like that. Uh, we, we drank a rainbow to commemorate her crossing <laughs> over the Rainbow Bridge. Uh, we, do, we bought Alcopops in every color of the rainbow and we drank mm-hmm. them. And then we decided to have a spontaneous outpouring of, of grief because we assumed it would be like Diana because it wasn't that long after Diana, right? No. When she died. Diana's. There was yeah. this Diana's dead.
0: When did that happen? Oh, sorry, I, the, the Queen Mother died in 20,
3: 2002, yeah. and Diana died in 1997. And I was a BBC producer, and we all had to go on a course in case the Queen Mother died. It was called Operation Lionheart. And we had to learn what to put in our programme should the Queen Mother die. And then Diana died and we all went, Oh, we kind of dealt with that, fine. Surely someone of a hundred can go and we won't go into a meltdown. So we did nothing, really, did we? Well, the thing... Lucky was, you were there, Nick, love, really, to... Uh, <laughs> uh, Jake, too. Uh, I'm confusing you with your father. Yes, um, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, to do your yeah, rainbow.
4: Well, the thing was we, 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 we jumped in a cab and we went to Buckingham Palace because we thought, like with mm. Diana, there'd be a huge throng <laughs> of people there laying down wreaths yeah. and stuff. And there was not a soul. There were 35, very cold, She was 102, cut off in a prime. <laughs> there were like two police vans and us. And we, we jumped out of the minicab and we, we didn't pay the guy. We said, just go around the block and pick us up in a minute. And this poor guy went off. And for some reason, we were talking with Ukrainian accents because we thought that was hilarious. And my brother went and started talking to a policeman and said, can I see the queen? No, you cannot, sir. You cannot see the queen mother, all right? Maybe she's, not, maybe she's not dead. Maybe she's just sleeping. No, sir. I'm a doctor. And I was trying to call him back because I like, this, you know, they love to just warm up these policemen with a swift kicking in the back of one of these vans. You know? like, they're cold, they're bored. And so I was calling him back in a Ukrainian accent and um, we sort of finally gave up. We, we jumped back in the cab. There was not a soul there. And all the way back, they had Magic FM on. <laughs> and they were, pl- they were playing. Their, their obit procedure for the Queen Mother's death was uh, to play somber classical music uh, just with perhaps a very tasteful little ident placed between each track uh, and so you'd get sort of to the end of some real dirgy piece of classical music and then it would just say this is magic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> kind of is in a way. I mean it's, it's interesting for me because I, I hear people talk about the royal family like as if they're people on the moon but ha- I, I, I haven't, have not very little dealings i've had with them they they seem to be a a group of people who have a great sense of humor i I was i hosted a princess trust event at buckingham palace the queen was there prince charles was there and you're all supposed to have dinner together and they made sure i was the only person in the room that had plastic cutlery (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which was a it it was a (laughs) joke which the Queen suggested. <laughs> but I don't know these people. <laughs> I thought it'd be funny if the mi- Middle Eastern guy has plastic cutlery. Everyone had normal. I said, what's this? I go, It's a little joke. Because you're from Iran. <laughs> you <know? laughs> now, Can't trust I you think with that's metal pretty, in front of Her <laughs> Majesty. <laughs> that's a pretty risky gag to yeah. do. Wow. Isn't it? And but I, I went hats off. It's amazing. Um,
5: obviously, you met them. I've never met any of the royal family. Oh, actually, there was at the award ceremony. Uh, Zed Lister, uh, royal. But... Um, I just love them, and I don't know if that's an immigrant thing, um, but all my family loves the royal family. Really, I love the Queen. I know, I know, but you know, we love all the things that you've stopped Prince loving. Prince Edward. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Some
3: well, of them are not not less Prince
5: charming. Edward. Not all of them. Let's no. not get, let's not get no. silly now. Let's not no. get silly. I actually met Princess Prince Harry. Michael
3: of Kent. Oh, she's smashing, worth every penny. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I met Prince Harry, and I asked him. I said, uh, cause this th- 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 I said, yeah, can I ask you that whole Nazi officer uniform? Whose idea was that? He goes, oh, it wasn't my idea. It was Grandpapa. He <laughs> he he's, he loves those and he's got loads of them. He wanted <laughs> me to wear the the, the World War One with the with the kind of. Oh, that's too much, Grandpapa. He because he loves the whole Nazi. He, he just like not that he is a Nazi, but he loves the style. He likes the boots, and he's got. Lo- and he gave all this away. I don't know if I should be saying this. Maybe you should cut this bit out. <laughs> yeah. but, but he said that he Grandpapa loves those uh, all those Hugo Boss kind of things. Yeah. Right? Hmm.
0: Well, three of his sisters were. Yeah, his sisters were Nazis, were all Nazis weren't they? Nazis, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Or, yeah.
2: So funny, the Germans saying, you know, Queen. Yeah, is coming, yeah, right? yeah.
0: Exactly. I mean, well, it's um. Uh, the other thing that c- occurred to me was it's strange, isn't it? However, he's thinking, oh, you know, Charles is going to be so old by the time he becomes king. But do you think it's very decent of Prince William to be deliberately aging faster than, <laughs> than his th- father? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just to. Uh, yeah. It's
5: married life for you, isn't it? <laughs> 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 you. Um, Every child you point. have puts a strain on the relationship.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Well, but he's doing his. Uh, he's, he was talking about the England uh, women's football team. Did you see that uh, he made these amazing announcements that, this, that they should. That the England, the men should be inspired by this and, the, and the, we hope more people watch women's football. And he's really, I think he's, he's making a name for himself because isn't he president of the FA? Yeah, uh, uh, is? yeah he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really trying to rally the nation behind the England w- w- women's. I think we should do that. We should rally. We, we've made the, we're the, the semifinals.
0: Yeah. Isn't yeah. that fantastic?
2: Let's have a cheer from everyone. Come on, girls. Come on, the women. Anyone been watching it? Because the football is fantastic. They really are. Don't you think? They're brilliant. They, they've got the same intensity, the same skill, and all the the, f- the professional footballers are saying they're brilliant. Better, yeah. Footballers are interesting. You, you know, fo- have we got time? Yeah, the, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like yeah, You're not thing. going anywhere. <laughs> the, the the England players are all media-trained. I don't know if you... Know, did to know Stuart Pearce, the, yeah. the psycho? Yeah, yeah. He was very media-trained, and I went to this... There was an event where they're watching an England game, and you can ask him questions, and someone said... Question number 1 he goes you are assistant manager to Kevin Keegan ever thought about being a manager and he goes well <laughs> Kevin is the manager it is inappropriate to speculate <laughs> 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 All right, next question this is like this is 2004 when Sven-Göran Eriksson goes ever thought about being England manager he goes well Sven-Göran Eriksson <laughs> is doing a fantastic job right now I don't think we should undermine his position and I asked him Who's the worst England player you ever played with? Again, this is a very inappropriate question, because if you get picked for England, you're worth your salt. But for my money, I always thought Jeff Thomas of Crystal Palace was a right pile of fucking shit. Everyone laughed. He goes, no, 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 but he's got cancer of the bollocks right now, so my heart goes out to him and his family. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um,
0: right, I'm gonna, uh, what I want to do now is just go through some of the uh, contributions, questions that we've, we've had from, from our audience in uh, no particular order. Okay, this one What reality TV show do you fancy yourself on? Sergilia so, ever thought of being on reality TV? Oh,
5: God, I, think, I can't think of anything more awful dreadful, however I do watch a lot of it I just, I don't know, I mean I get home from a gig and the latest one is Love Island, it's so appalling and I just think just Go to bed, have extra time in bed. Don't watch his crap. But if I was to have a reality programme, what would it be? Um, oh, yeah, it'd have to be, I think, cooking. A cooking, cooking, yeah. Something to do with cooking Master, master chef, yeah. master master chef or, chef, or yeah. something.
0: I'm yeah. a big fan
2: of TOWIE. I watch TOWIE and yeah. um, uh, New Housewives of New Jersey. <gasps> I love
5: Newhouse I like Housewives. that.
2: You'd lot be lot good big, on that.
0: <laughs> you'd be great yeah. on that.
2: <laughs> I love it when they, when, when, they have, like, when they have the kind of, uh, they sit around and they just chat about the show. Because so Joe Gorga, you're you're not friends with your cousin, Joe Judah. So he goes, no, you know, I want to borrow some. Uh, he wants to borrow my tools. You know, comes around and borrows the tools. You don't know, give them back, and I go back and see his garden, I see his garage. Tools are there. You know, yeah, whatever. And I just think, I love this. this is fantastic. It's kicking off.
0: I'd like to be on the Sorry. news for slapping George Osborne in the face with a shovel, but Jake, <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, I, I quite fancy having a stab at The Apprentice because uh, yeah, they, they're filming it at the moment aren't they they sent those kids off to uh, Auschwitz to see how many shoes they could take <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh come on
2: I didn't do it it wasn't me <laughs> 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 oh my God.
0: But I like that um, Chris, <laughs> oh, well, you'll be Crime I, Watch I, now, Jake. But actually, yeah, well, Chris, I,
3: I don't have a telly, so I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't really watch any reality stuff. The only one I thought, actually, I don't believe it can be as bad. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Oh, yeah, I think that actually might be all right. <laughs>
5: you'd like to go in
3: there? Well, there's the
0: money. As long as you've had a Tudor cottage to stay in. Yes, you? I've
3: had a Tudor <laughs> cottage a over the center. hill, over the brow of the hill. But you get the money, and then all you... I know you have to put your hands in maggots and stuff, but... You've got to put stuff in your mouth, and Chris. F- well, we've all been there, and
1: <laughs>
3: I... I kind of slightly think that. I have... You know, it can't be worse than <laughs> some <laughs> of the things that have gone in there, so... I, I, you know, I think it would be fine. And you must be flown there on first class, and it means you can catch up with books and stuff. And then you get kicked out, and but you still get your money. And I think that'd be quite nice. And the, also, the thing is, I'm all, whenever I do anything, if we do anything like just me, I'm always the the most unknown person that is ever on any show whatsoever. No one is ever more unknown than me. And the only show that I could be on where I wouldn't be the least known would be I'm a celebrity. <laughs> 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 They'd always be kind of going, I don't know who that bald nasal puff is, but it sort of rings a bell somehow. And, and But I don't know why, maybe I saw him in Little, but I can't, you know, there's her, I've no idea. So that, I think that's what I'd go for, really. Okay. All right. Here's a couple. Uh, well, Pro
2: celebrity suicide bombing. <laughs> wow, <I'm talking>
0: <laughs> well, that that conjures up all <laughs> kinds of thoughts in my mind. Um, right, there's three sort of slightly serious ones. I'll put them together. Because um, uh, two here. How long do we keep postponing Greece leaving Europe? And what? Who is holding up Chilcot? I think the, the two things Chilcott. will happen on the same day, really, <laughs> <Yeah>. will not <weren't> they? <laughs> at some point in the future, Chilcot
2: has just been—they've just said it's uh, May 2016 is the earliest. Actually, set the date now. Before, yeah, the early, yeah. Crazy. it's
0: extraordinary. Uh, it, it's just that presumably they're looking for enough whitewash to uh, yeah, yeah. to put. But over Greece, the Greece, do, do you know
2: why Greece are in such trouble? I, obviously, a lot of corporations don't pay tax, but but a lot of people don't know that a lot of normal people avoid paying tax because if you don't finish something like a building. You don't, yeah. have to pay tax you don't have to pay, on to pay it, tax. Yeah, if you don't, yeah. like, don't have a window, you would have to pay tax. That's why they've got, like, Kentucky's like 10 herbs and spices. And the, and the Acropolis. The Acropolis was made in 1968. <laughs> it's a good thing René Descartes wasn't Greek. I think, therefore, I'll tell you later. You know, it doesn't make sense. But that's why they don't pay... They've, sorry, they've got themselves into trouble.
0: Yeah, and of course all the, all the ruling class and the political class are, are totally wired into not paying any mm-hmm. tax, which it ties into another question, which, um, well, when will the UK leave Europe and all its corruption? I mean, yeah, there is corruption in Europe. My own feeling is, well... I'd sooner be in Europe than not, despite the corruption, and try and work it out from the outside. What do other people think? Uh, are we pro-European on the panel? I, I, or can or yeah. I just say
2: one thing? I, I, am, I cannot be other than... With a film like We Are Many, which really talks about... It's not even being pro-Europe. We have to be pro-the world. Because I once said that, you know, world peace, world unity is not only desirable, it's an inevitability. It's the march towards where humanity is going so if if you have things that are talking about unity unity of britain unity of of europe the unity of the world if you're not going in that direction there's a problem mm-hmm. i really believe that i because all this europe talk about corruption yeah there's always teething problems with things, but but if you're not talking about world unity or i'm not talking about global cooperation i'm talking about the way the world is becoming smaller and you have that Unity of thought where we have unity in diversity doesn't mean we all have to be the same. That's we, the important we, that's counterbalance, the important thing. isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay. Um, where are we going here? Uh, again, I can sort of put these together on the back of that. <laughs> that's enough. Nice um, given the result of the May election, was there any point in bothering to vote? Uh, I, I Well...
3: Well, yes, because assuming you're not a conservative, it would have been even worse had you not voted, wouldn't it? So, uh, I think it is uh, worth voting. And also, I like voting. I like the. Pre- it seems very odd, doesn't it? The little stubby pencil, it's not big in the bookies, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. It's very. I <laughs> thought same think kind. There of, should be same more kind of, Same it. kind of odds on getting a good yeah, result I, as I, well. I, I quite like it. I, I, I do like the. Pre- no, of course people should vote, and I wish they'd bring in compulsory voting, even if it was to just vote none of the above. I think it's, I'll get very cross when people don't vote.
0: The way I feel is that you know, for all the imperfections and the inadequacies of it um, if we didn't, then they'd be even less accountable. And so, you know before we knew where we were, we'd have less press freedom which again also i, I like cool. an election because i like a
3: really hollow gesture at the end of it and to join a party that didn't win <laughs> and i every election now i join either the labor or the liberal democrat someone or other it is all a bit to a penny and you join up and you kind of go yeah that shows you and uh, then you vote for the next losing leader and then i let me sub slide and do it again five but years but then later. ignores
0: cook, cook comfort food you know, yeah, to
2: exactly. But um, we we all got behind Al Al Murray. I thought that. Yeah, was, was he yeah. talked I, about I, Al Murray. I,
0: I thought he could have run. Yeah. Yeah, Al
2: Murray. He's now called his Twitter handle Al Murray 318. A number of people <laughs> <laughs> who, who voted for him. But I thought he was very funny. Where he, he actually um, he was in um, South Thanet. And they said, "What do you think of South? He goes, "I love it. It's a great place." Do you like the pubs? He goes, "I love the pubs. I think the pubs are great." He goes, "What's what's your favourite South drink?" He goes, "Look, I can't be expected to learn everything on the Wikipedia page." <laughs> 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 well, it's funny, is- like I, th- I think, oh. sort of,
4: that there are some people now, like Nigel Farage, is trying to sort of figure out what what is he now, you know, because he, he was sort of he was had he had a lovely time up to sort of May the seventh, um, and then it was all kind of over really. And I, I saw him on, uh, he was on Sunday Politics today, and he was talking about Europe, he was talking about uh, immigration and, and stuff, and he was saying uh, how uh, he was appalled, because he always drives to Brussels, of course he does. Uh, and on and, the
0: left-hand side of the road. All the way, <laughs> all the way, <laughs> get the... F-
4: so, um, and he was saying that uh, he thought this should be, every vehicle should be checked at Dover for immigrants. And he was saying that every time he's come back from Brussels, he's never been checked. I thought, well, who would bother yeah. <laughs> checking Nigel Farage's car for immigrants? Like, in the first place, like, he'd take one on. In the second place, well, like, the not. atmosphere in his car is breathable by
0: humans. <laughs> it's not. Well, let's face it, if somebody going <laughs> well, cu- to leave a know? turd he's in, a, in yeah. your locked car, yeah. then surely an immigrant can get into Nigel Farage's. Huh? <laughs> um, uh, why doesn't our Prime Minister ever break into song? Um, <laughs> Well that's
3: just kind someone of said someone said out there yeah good
2: oh, yeah. point well made. it's a left field yeah. question but yeah, I think that's that got to What point? would yes. you like him to sing? Is it because whoever asked that question? Who asked, question who asked the question who asked the question what would you like him to sing?
3: Amazing
0: grace. Oh that's oh, oh, so yeah. Course.
2: Yeah. Ah, ah, sorry yeah. yes got it's
0: far it now very clever very nice okay yeah very good point yeah, yeah. well that, that, the, uh, because well, what would he sing yes. you
4: know like amazing grace is like I mean, it's a shit song, but it's got, you have to sort of go, oh, yeah, very good, yeah, very good. Oh, that's quite oh, nice. No, so. no, 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 no he no, sang it well, like and It's not a shit song. I'm just saying, yeah. what would we do? Like, roll out the barrel? It's not got the same gravitas as yeah. Amazing yeah, he, Grace, you know? He,
0: he, I don't know. He'd probably um, bulk at that because, you know, probably... I so bet so he'd so sing it. something by David Gray.
4: <laughs> Coldplay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Actually, talking of the Emmanuel Church... Uh, atrocity um, uh, my, my friend Leah Krinsky who's a comedy writer in LA she had a great great tweet when uh, the, the, the woman uh, Bree Newsome climbed up the flagpole and took down the oh, confederate yeah. flag she, she tweeted that at last a woman on a pole doing something constructive <laughs> 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 oh, good. yeah it's good point sorry tweet. I missed the, 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 the reference there what do I do about my right wing friend who sends me articles from the Daily Mail about the need for tax cuts for the rich Shoot them. Well, why have them as a friend? Ah, yes, that that's probably.
4: No, yeah. you have to keep them as a friend. Yeah, you've got to have, no, one, you, you, you've got to have positive no. discrimination. It's really important. No, no, but it's really important. because, like, we've gone. This is boring, but like, in the last sort of five to ten years, politics, people, communities have totally polarized. We've gone from all yes, of us kind of broadly being on the same side to there's with recession. When were we broadly receded. on the
3: same side?
4: I think. I think. Like, I don't like Blair, but I think that everyone sort of had a. And sort of, we had a nice decade where
3: there was a kind of yeah. But before that, I remember growing up under Thatcher. I don't remember. I agree. I agree. That was, that was another side. time.
4: That was another time. And with recession, people literally kind of recede into corners. Tony Benn observed that in times of recession, there's always a swing to the right, and it's because people are frightened. And and your friend, if they're right wing, they're frightened. Like they're scared. No, it's, that's
3: very patronising. No, I don't think I think the left
4: wing. We're, we're, I'm scared not. too.
3: But, you're no, 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 but to say like someone's right things. wing because they're because they're scared, I think is a
4: is well. A, why, why are you saying they're right wing then? I, mean, I don't you. know why
3: they're right, right wing, but I think there are people who believe who believe in a in a right wing in a, in a not you know Nazi or fascist ideology, but in a in a kind of just economically right wing libertarian point of view. And I think that's a, cool. that's a but valid position to say, well, I just think
4: they're basically intrinsically evil. No,
0: no.
3: But, I think, <laughs> <laughs> but, well, no, I would say about, what, should, when you say about your friend should, sending you the you... Daily Mail thing, to find out what it, what, what, I'd like to know what it is about your friend that you like. Because well, I've, I've, I've
5: got... I think it's dangerous to sort of uh, just kind of, like, we are right, they are wrong. Mm. Yeah. And I think the more dialogue we have is the, is the better. Um, I was doing a debate with politicians, and one of them was the black um, candidate for Croydon, Oh, Winston is uh, an absolute character. And I said, Oh, come and do my immigrant diary, she's a little slug, plug here. Come and do my immigrant, come and see my immigrant diary show at the South Bank. And he got so excited and he got his agent on the phone, he goes, Yes, I'll come and do it. And I said, Oh, well, I was actually inviting you to perform. And then I thought about it. I thought, actually, yes, I would have him to come because mm. I think we learn there's more I'd have Nigel Farage's wife. I think you because it's just about telling your mm. story. Mm. That'd and be I a think great and one. I think why? Oh, you know, and, and my friend, she said, "You've she said, no, you don't want to give them a voice, you don't want to give them a space. Oh. And I was thinking, well, that then makes us no yeah. different mm, to right. them. Yeah. Um, and I'd, lo- I'd like to give you that space, uh, right-wing people. No, I mean, but the, people. the actual
3: question about what do you say to your friend, your right-wing friend who keeps sending Daily Mail stories, that, that I, I question why you Ask her to you explain. Would be, to explain <laughs> what it is that she thinks you're going to learn from this. Mm. Although sometimes they have very interesting articles.
1: <laughs> My Nicholas Parsons Mail told me that pills. he
3: thought the Daily
0: Mail treated very unfairly. He's <laughs> got some great style pages. <laughs> um, I, I just want to get through all these because I'm just grateful to everybody who put them in. Who's your favourite US presidential candidate?
1: Um,
2: well, Jeb, Jeb Bush, because he's now said that we, yeah. we we shouldn't have gone to war. What we learned, what we know now, we should not have gone to war with Iraq. Well, it's like the Miliband all over that. again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> who, who, uh, Paul? Who's the 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 Vermont? Bernie, Sanders. Bernie Sanders, yeah, the the, the, the left wing independent. He's Colonel only, Sanders. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. He's the he's the um, free chicken for everyone. He's the uh, uh, he's an independent uh, congressman in Vermont, oh, wow. and he's running. And there's always it's like
3: Michael Dukakis in '88. He's very AIDS, radical, it,
0: but he's pushing thing. he's pushing Clinton's agenda uh, more, getting getting environmental and democratic representation and anti-corporation. Stuff. He's having an influence on her agenda. He's he's very, very left wing for a. Um, I fr- want Donald a... Trump. Really, we would be entertaining, wouldn't it, in a twisted way for a nightmare or two. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a, another interesting one. Do horses like horse racing, except the bit at the end when they're shot? Um, oh I didn't know it was compulsory, but no, know. <laughs> every race.
2: Oh, we got to the end.
0: Shoot you now. Yeah. Do you know one,
2: one thing about horses? I've learnt. do you know they have almost complete 360? De- they've got 350 degree vision. Really? That's why they put blinkers because they can see. And what is, I just felt very sad that the most amazing quality that a horse has, we put these blinkers on them to not use this incredible quality. Fuck them. Em. <laughs>
5: well, the Daily Mail does it
2: with us every day, though, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, fuck, I'm like, really, like, what,
5: what, what, so what? Like,
4: it's an animal, it's a commodity, it's how we treat them. I'm so. I'm getting on my own. Is a, that's, that's vegans own for own you name, isn't it I, it? I that's know I'm vegan. just saying fuck them like why don't we like why don't you really up the ante like put landmines in there It'd be more exciting We're fuck it and then just have a barbecue board at the end yeah put cows on it. Yeah. like make it that a make board. did you try this routine at your, your vegan night
5: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it went down much better than it did
0: <laughs> we, we have run past time so uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, wrap it up I want to thank you all for coming by the way I heard that the Dalai Lama who was at Glastonbury this afternoon he went down fantastic but got a very muted response from the crowd because they all applauded with one hand. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. And and he
2: thought, what have I done in a past life that (laughs)
0: deserves this? (laughs) <laughs> On that note, we're going to wrap it up. Um, uh, next month, we do have a show down here, but it's not going to be a no pressure. Alistair Barry, who, as you probably all know, uh, runs the show with me, we are both going to be doing um, our, uh, previews of our Edinburgh show, which by then hopefully will be in pretty good shape. So we'll be both doing uh, a half each. If you can come, obviously, we'd be deeply grateful. Um, I just had a
2: text as well. We were supposed to have Hans Blix here. It would be a big surprise. <laughs> Hans Blix is supposed to be, he's just texted, he's looking for the venue, but he can't find it. (laughs) (laughs) He's just declared there is no venue. (laughs) Well,
0: if Chris baked some muffins, he would detect it from the aroma. (laughs) Um, uh, So uh, I think that's all the housekeeping I have to do. Thank you very much for being a small but fantastically generous, wonderful audience. I think I'm speaking on everybody's behalf there. Uh, I'm less keen, but yeah, okay. (laughs) so, please put your hands together for the panel: Sajid Mir, Omar Jalili Jake Yap, Chris Neal. I've been Nick Rebel. Thank you very much indeed. Have a good month. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you
2: for these.